is Cape Crisis, a podcast about comic books and sequential art and graphic novels. I'm the host, Henry, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, Gilbert, on Twitter. I'm here with... I am Chris Antista, and I am an undercover cop in honor of Paul Walker. <laughs> and... Uh, Brett Tunamelt oh, Elston. What? Oh, okay. Fast and Furious reference, yes. which uh, we watched last night. We watched that and mm. Running Scared, which you suggested. That movie was it incredible. Is. I need to suggest it to the audience out there. So there was a pussy eating scene in this movie, I believe. Sort of. Sort of. Was that the, I cannot believe the amount of things I I've saw asked, that on Twitter. I've asked Grimm's permission to tweet, and he tells me no, and I don't. That he just <laughs> went and posted that. I thought uh, that was that funny. Tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was also very topical because I don't know if you saw it, but Evan Rachel Wood was complaining on Twitter that... Paul she, Walker doesn't eat pussy? What? No, that she was in a film where... Oh, uh, yes, yes. It is her husband her boyfriend in the movie eats her pussy mm-hmm. in the sex scene and that that specifically had to be cut to get it to an R rating. Uh, that is covered a lot and this film is not yet rated. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Fucking great movie. Yeah, it's really good. Um, oh, I should watch that, actually. It's really good. But yeah, like Running Scared was this movie I'd never heard of. came out in 2006, yes. and we were going to watch 8 Below. Oh, six for real? Yeah. That must have been right before I left Florida. That's right. It was when I was here living alone in Hayward and knew nobody, so it was very so, boring. So, yeah, that movie got terrible reviews, bombed like a motherfucker, Yeah, and I heard a recommendation from somebody I trusted, and I watched it, and at the time, I I think it was because I, hate, I love Hated 24, <laughs> about the time when uh, Jack Bauer's daughter was also living a 24-hour experience where she's about to be raped by Kevin Dillon and then attacked by a cougar just yes. to ensure that she has action in every episode. Right. But then as th- through the course of a day, like it takes me an hour to like get a laser time image ready. <laughs> I... I- yeah, well, that yeah, that one episode where the cliffhanger was she was unconscious from falling out of a car, and then the cougar shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! That was after being molested and surviving an armed robbery. No, yes, but also, but yeah, so that is yeah. basically that what is running movie. running scared was just a nonstop barrage of wait, what's this movie about? And then you're like, how did we get here? Yeah, and it was really cool. It's it, the the catalyst for it is like so seemingly simple yeah where's my gun where's my gun where's my gun i read a good but it's also uh, it's it's batman and robin with no neon it's a less gay batman yeah the way it's shot is just Mm -hmm. lots of 45 degree angles and colors (laughs) a lot of it is embarrassing but i do think it is thoroughly entertaining it is very watchable if it was popular i I, I probably hate it but it's since no one's seen it it's Hysterical. Well, so Grantland had a really good, um, oh, I guess, obituary or tribute to Paul Walker. But in it, he was talking about how he'd watched a lot of Paul Walker movies for campy fun or to be like, this is bad but fun kind of stuff. Or just like how we enjoyed Fast and Furious 6. Like, I thought Fast and Furious 6 was like one of the most brainless films I've ever seen, but it was the best at it. Like yeah, was, well, yeah. I think five and six are, get into the actual, like, legitimately good action movie. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel about like Fast and Furious one and three. Mm-hmm. Is the this is kind of brainless fun, whereas yes. five and six, I'm like, no, these are just like put them up against whatever other action movie came out this year. But then when they yeah. talk, like, oh, it's it's awful. Well, but yeah, it's, the dialogue it's, it is still silly, takes but... talent behind the scenes to like, wow. Well, so then when you look it's back at Paul Walker's career, you just see a lot of settling by Paul Walker or yes. or him playing the jerky pretty boy like he often was just handsome enough to be the bad guy in a james oh, vanderbeek yeah. film <laughs> and he's well he's also a pretty terrible actor but he wasn't you know what? great no 
a fucking nice dude by all accounts, and I think that's why people gave a shit. It's not that he's a bad actor. It's like like he doesn't act poorly in those movies. No, it's like there's a type he's doing, and it's like like he's good at that type of like undercover cop cussing dude. I would say in six he was like a non-entity. Like he was, he may have not have been. It was the Rock in the Rock in. Well, yeah, everybody's there to see them. They did a whole production on Fast and Furious Seven. Yeah, no, I well, this was uh, to steal a line from the AV Club. Mm-hmm. They said if people are comparing this to how you know they they put out Heath Ledger's posthumous movies after mm-hmm. he did it, and they he said yes, but Heath Ledger he wasn't, wasn't killed, by killed by clowns and circus people. <laughs> <laughs> to how can you yeah how can you watch like Paul Walker drive a fast car and not immediately think like hey, his fiery death? I, like, you're right. I did want to say that somewhere. And I know Cape Crisis audience is probably angry at us for talking this much about movies and cars. That uh, movies are insured. Yeah. And this is the first, like, that movie is probably insured out the ass. Mm. They could throw away, they think they said like 80% of that movie is done. They could throw the whole thing away and walk away from it and nobody would lose money. There's got to be some amazing stunts they've already filmed. Yeah, probably. That that film was about physical stunts. Like yeah, they, but I, the that was what was thing, awesome about it. I heard. Damn it! I wish. Sorry, this is our only outlet to talk about this. <laughs> is that they? Well, unless we were going to do an episode about this later. Maybe that they can't. What? How do you write him out of the film and still yeah. use his footage? Yeah. What do you kill him with a car? Right. Wow, but then that's what not a dilemma. good tribute if they don't. Exactly. They all that footage. They got to use it. He needs to appear. It, it is it going to be a, something as awful as like. He just doesn't show up to one of the next scenes. What happened? He died in a plane crash. No, no, they, he can't die. I think Vin Diesel will get a letter. Can I hear? Like, can I see he- this letter? Yes, yes. This letter said that he don't want to be here anymore. He gotta go <laughs> he, home. He took me and they—they're safe forever. Him and his wife are safe, and they are never coming back. Goodbye. Anyway, and now the next scene. Paul Walker, why? Uh-huh. And now, ladies and gentlemen, ludicrous. I only read one story. He uh, secretly bought an Iraqi war vet who was ogling a ring for his uh, fiance in a jewelry store. Couldn't afford it. Walked out. Paul Walker bought it. Had the place call him back. It's like secretly bought it. Wow. While he wasn't there, didn't didn't hand it to him. Just bought it. And, like call also, that guy he was back. forty, which made me feel what? really old. Yeah. But... Wow, I look terrible then. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. All right. Anyway, back comic books. <laughs> we read some. Uh, we some. I, for some reason, uh, wanted to dig back into the um, strange talent of Luther Strode. That's a good. Uh, the second volume's pretty good. I, I think that's why I have it, the second volume was on sale. I'm like, I have a very vague memory of the it, it the vivid fucking violence sticks with me. I, so violent. I love almost everybody uses their flat hand karate chop. To mm. decapitate and they tear people apart with their tear hands. People That's apart. the point of the book. Yeah, it's it's one of the most. I don't that, think they could make it into a movie, like not a real movie. Like, I don't think you could make that a true. funny movie because it's, it's so it's so vivid. Yeah. Like that one, well, that such one just one, horrible things happen to the cast. Yeah. Like it's a bad, it's depressing. Yeah, like, it just that there was that vision of him like killing or like, like fighting off these bullies but accidentally murdering them of course mm-hmm. and then his friends like hey buddy chill out and he reaches his hand down through the opening of his neck <laughs> over the top of his spine and rips his body in half like how do you make that fun- funny in a motion picture yeah be great that's not the kind of pg-13 fair fair you make most uh comedy or er, comic <laughs> i'm a superhero 
It is a great book. I love that book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun. And it uh, the second volume keeps this like you read the first one, and it mm-hmm. definitely seems to be oh, it could be a single story, but there's a promise of a continuation. And then volume two continues it in an interesting way. I was worried they were going to like just mess it up by trying to keep it going. But. And they're mad, crazy superheroes, and it is it it is home to the most unnerving uh, visual sequence I've seen, which is. Let's say guys with every part of his body's super powered. That's pretty much what the talent is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he use, he's tied up, uses his own tongue to rip a tooth out and shoot it, at, spit it out of his mouth like a bullet through someone else's eyeball. And yeah, but a, bullseye. A, I feel like bullseye's done that probably, but it's just those, but the long close up of taking <laughs> out one's tooth with their own tongue. Yeah, fucking gross. Tell him, Lisa. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, well, I finished reading the uh, the Wolverine and the X Men. Basically, the uh, you, you could just stop reading the book at this point really? because, uh, well, Volume Seven ends pretty much every plot line they had done to that point. Like it, it resolves a million things, and it mainly just sets up Amazing X Men. Amazing X Men, but mm-hmm. also they know Battle of the Atom is coming, and. That's a big reset switch for a lot of stuff in Wolverine in the Jean Grey school. Really? Well, not reset switch, but changes some big stuff. So I've read Battle, but it is the home ground for like almost the whole book. Jean Grey? Yeah. No, yeah, the, yeah, the Jean Grey school. But uh, Yeah, Battle of the Atom's over, and I can't even remember what the status quo change was at this point. Well, uh, it wasn't much. went back in time and reset everything. What? No. No, one person died. The young X-Men, mm-hmm. yeah, but the original X-Men have left the school now, as have right. Shadowcat. Mm-hmm. Right. So and yeah, they're that's all... That's a big casting. Oh, yeah, they're all with Cyclops right now, yeah. But also, right. Wolverine, this was news we should have talked about in the last episode. Wolverine is becoming a bad guy. Like, I don't know if you saw this. His, I his, heard that. His single issues are ending and rebooting huh. with a new number one. And apparently he's... He's under the thrall of this bad guy, who uh, this crime boss, who is his uh, special power is that he can make an, the best offer possible to you. Like it's not mind control, mm-hmm. but he knows the perfect way to negotiate you into something and offer you something like you really want this, don't you? And so you talking about Ricky Roma, <laughs> what? It's a Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Oh, uh, uh, it's Al Pacino's character. That's right. Do no wrong. They're but sacrifices uh, a set of steak knives. But anyway. <laughs> The um, so now he's going to be a bad guy. So I wonder if that means if they're really going to go with it, like how they went for it with Superior Spider-Man. If it's a similar situation, mm. then Wolverine needs to be out of every team book he's in. Yeah, if he's actually gone evil, has he gone full bad before? Well, he's not killing people, mm. but there was he's that period. There was that period in like the mid two thousands where he was the uh, agent of Shield. And yeah, then, like, the he Miller storyline. Well, first he, he got brainwashed by guy. he got yeah by the hand. I thought no, the hi- the hand worked for Hydra. Okay, got it. Yeah, so unlikable, but not full on. Well, no, he was a bad guy. Like, but he, he knew he was evil. Didn't inside. he kill Northstar? He, like? he did kill Northstar. Northstar yeah. came back very quickly, right. Of course, but, he did. but yeah, it's it a great was, cover though. Wolverine twenty five is him and Daredevil fighting. It's yeah. a great, great issue when you actually see like, oh, how could Daredevil ever fight Wolverine? There's how. It's Honestly, really it was. A big excuse to have Wolverine fight other Marvel heroes. And yeah, then, which which every decade you need. It was a fun story. I liked it. And John Romita did the junior did the art, and I think he's a good artist. I don't like his art generally, but that issue, uh, something about that issue, I feel he was it was done very well. Also, they introduced a really good villain that like had a perfect. 
the the final battle between Gorgon and Wolverine is awesome. Like it, oh, it's worth Gorgon. reading thirteen issues Gorgon. to get to that. He's still, but uh, but I, I read that in a Wolverine, the Wolverine Mark Miller omnibus I bought. So I've been doing this a lot lately, guys. Where I've now bought uh, pretty much every comic I want to own, but. <laughs> Wow! In, in, of of I've backlog, seen, I've stuff. seen your shelves. It's pretty nuts. Of the backlog of, there's new comics that come out that I still want to own, but right. of the backlog. Pre, but of old comics, I kind of own almost all I want to. But they are putting out omnibus. I think they're doing this omnibus stuff for fans like me who bought them, but they didn't get the fanciest version <laughs> or the one that's best for your shelf. And I know you guys to... hate omnibuses because they are giant, I mean, unwieldy just things. very unwieldy. Yes, I so understand. if you want to get rid of any of those old things, let me know. I've been taking them to half-price books God, so far. Take them to Brett Price books. Mm-hmm. What's the Brett Price? Friendship. Better. Okay. One dollar over whatever they're giving you. And it'll suck your dick. Uh, yeah, I can't right. promise that. Um, but, yeah, I got that. And I also got the... Um, I was reading through the Uncanny X-Men... Same trade you were. I was uh, kind of biting your style by. I was tweeting some funny. I saw panels you tweeting panels that I'd already put on sequential fart. Even the slapping one. Uh, I well, there's the one where he tears off Jean Grey's dress. Yeah, which I thought was there's, hilarious. It's a really weird scene where so they're the entire team is brainwashed yeah, to work. He's this slapping circus. the shit out of Jean Grey. Yeah, but right before that scene, right before he slaps her, he grabs her and says, "We're gonna have words, sweetie." And she's like, "I'll do anything you want." Please just don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you want. And I was like, "Whoa, this is this got weird." Yeah, like it's it, pretty great. There's a lot of moments like that. And then I was also because of the stuff you and I had read over the weekend, the Ask Chris columns. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about later. Yeah. Thanks for acknowledging those guys. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but I was reading a lot, the, a lot of old stuff that I had. I was reading the old Fantastic Four omnibus, the the Golden Age Superman omnibus. And it also made me want to read like Silver Age Superman stuff. I completely ignored any Silver Age DC stuff to this time because if you ask me, Marvel DC mm-hmm. is the greatest thing ever, and I love it. Marvel, Steve DC. Ditko, Jack Kirby, Gene Thomas, like it's all it's all it's Gene the new Colin, gods. Roy Tho- Roy Thomas, Gene Colan. Now the new gods is seventies DC. Oh, that was Jack Kirby. Oh, that's what the, I'm the Inhumans are basically the new gods, right? But uh, but anyway, I was reading a lot of that old stuff. It was a lot. It uh, it was fun. I liked it. They were giant books and hard to hold. But uh, <laughs> I especially yeah. yeah. And and I read old Amazing Spider Man as well, which I uh, so awesome. I uh, after Black Friday, I went to um, that Saturday is like support local business Saturday or whatever. So ah uh, yes, my, is it? Yeah. So small business Saturday. Uh, all I bought on Black Friday, I bought a burrito. <laughs> no, uh, I, I bought a Vita through LaserTimePodcast.com. Oh, still up there on the right through it's, Cyber Monday. It's a crazy deal. Great, I, great Vita deal. You I didn't even realize when I bought it, it was the 3G one, too. Uh, yeah. it's I, Not that I'll use that I think feature. They're, but they're trying to get rid of that model, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, but you kind of benefit. It'll have the superior screen. Yep. And you get uh, Walking Dead, Sly Uncharted 4. Golden Abyss, Sly 4, and the amazing Retro City yep. Rampage. So that's pretty cool. For one, uh, for also, Hotline Miami is free now on PlayStation Miami, Plus. Sacrifice, sacrifice, wipeout. Yeah, but I got a PlayStation Plus subscription through LaserTimePodcast.com. Oh, 
Yeah. So, uh, but I went in and I bought my 2014 Marvel calendar ah, of, of the comic book covers. I need to buy that. So they had one, and I was like, I've never seen it in a store before. <laughs> uh, so I bought it there. Um, I've seen them in mall kiosks, so I guess that's not true. I've never seen it in a comic book store. Uh, what? What did you find? Those I ever, since 2010, I think mm-hmm. I've got these Marvel comic calendars that are old cover art that are frameable, mm-hmm. and I keep meaning to frame them, but that's um, a challenge. That will Your ring on through time. Nintendo Power Calendar you had over the... Well, I've just got these Castlevania posters that Carolyn said she would frame for me for my birthday in, like, 2008. Ooh. Did you know that downstairs... And I keep forgetting to actually just go do it. Downstairs, we're on the fourth floor here. Downstairs, where my landlord works, his office, is a frame store. Oh, really? It, this was the, at the first floor of the building for years when he bought it, and he decided to keep operating it, was a full frame store. So you walk in there, and it's like every single piece of super expensive thing you need to huh. frame and suck the air out of things is downstairs right now. Wow. And I've always been tempted to like, can you please mount these animation cells wow, so that'd be great. I got like a stack of shit I'd love to well, frame. Well, your landlord's kind of a dick. Yeah, right? you, you actually saw him today outside. Huh? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can talk to him. Uh, oh, him okay. Yeah. He loves Heidi. Hopefully he's not listening right now. One time he changed his cover photo to my lady friend. Whoa. Whoa. On Facebook. Yikes. That's gross. Pretty But weird. she is lovely. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> uh, but no, so I went and bought uh, bought that, and I realized I never, I realized I don't, I've never owned a Secret Wars collection. Really? So I bought that, um, and now rereading that for the first time since I was a kid. Did anybody mm. write the foreword or anything like that? Oh my God, the foreword. What? It's from 1992. It's one of those things they did. Yeah, I love when they you have old forward. It's, like Brian Austin Green. It is. I forgot who it is, but it is like the the height of the most rude towards DC you could ever do. Like our despised competition. Those wow. loser idiots couldn't yeah, yeah. even think of the idea to do a team up comic book. What a bunch underwear. of baby! And it's just like God, kid. Grow up, man. Ninety two like, is the height. Of I know, the, and I get age. it. I get it. I I probably was buying into it completely when because I, right. I was eleven. But it's still like, yeah, maybe when you put the new collection out, <laughs> I sh- like something. I gotta pick a side. I know that oh, I'm so sick. If, all, of, if only people uh, could see past that even today. I'm so sick of that shit. But if you're, Amer- if you're American, be opulent. Eat everything. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Rereading, That's what we all did Thanksgiving Day, right? Indeed. Rereading Secret War, which was yes, this like groundbreaking idea of like, what if all of our characters crossed over into one big story? That was also for a toy line. It was, to, it was, it was to promote a toy line. But then they said the toy line didn't actually do all that well, but uh, the comic book did great and set the precedent for everything. Like. The idea that you can have universal crossovers. A giant 12-issue maxi-series yeah. that changes everything. Yeah, that has, like, changes. And in it, it's like, yeah, it changed a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm rereading that and actually just really finding how much I love the idea that in the lead-up to Secret Wars, each issue of each of those books, like Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Hulk, uh, The Thing had his own comic... They all they all end with them individually going to Central Park, mm. seeing the Beyonders thing, and getting zapped into it. And that way, when you buy Secret Wars number one, it's not this like starting from cold thing. There's this idea of like no matter what comic, no matter what comic you were reading, mm-hmm. it was very clear something big was going on. And this that's the irony of all this Marvel shit that's going on. Where, like for the past ten years, 
They've not been good about having one cohesive universe, even mm. though that's what the movies are lauded for. Yeah, well, because I... Marvel is like Daredevil is happening in Daredevil's universe, mm-hmm. the X Men are happening in the X Men's universe, and then something like Infinity is like, yes, everybody's here, but can you even tell this is happening anywhere but this book? They went, no, they went to a lot of work to make Civil War work. Like Civil that. War was like the last one I feel yeah. that you felt everywhere, but that actually hurt them because they. They wanted Steve McNiven to draw. They were insistent Steve McNiven draws every issue of Civil War, but because of that, he hit major. Uh, yeah. He hit. He goes late, but they had tie-ins that yeah. the, every comic tied in so much that mm-hmm. if they put them out before issue six, it yeah. would spoil everything. It seems yeah. like a night. So would they just have to delay? Yeah, kind of. Well, because. I remember the the one that bugged me the most at the time as a Spider-Man fan mm-hmm. on the level of a Spider-Man fan was that I think of me Spider-Man if Spider-Man if something is seemingly big as Spider-Man unmasking is going to happen yeah that should happen in Amazing not in a Civil War crossover mm-hmm. but in Amazing it was so lame because like they all but say Spider-Man is going to unmask himself and then he goes up to the podium and says like five. Everything but the five words, I'm going to unmask now, or whatever. And then the next issue is him unmasking. I was like, they should have just... I know they wanted the big big deal to happen in Civil War. But But yeah, that... And I know World War Hulk crossed over a lot, but it still didn't have the same feeling. There was just these idea... Because Age of Ultron, that didn't matter. Mm. Infinity did not matter. Like this no. idea of like oh well, it, a- it ended and I didn't even notice yeah I forgot it ended so I was like oh I guess I'll read it and I read it and I'm like I wish I didn't read this yeah. it didn't matter at all well it's like a day sec I'm not going to spoil it for people who care about Infinity but I read I read what happens and like just well, I read it usual, all a day sex machina shows up and saves it. the day I read it all and I'm like what was the point of this like yeah. this is stupid really? to reboot it, reboot Inhumans and have that be a new book now which but. is like how many fuck like. Well, Inhumans is one they can make their own movies out of, and so now they. Yeah. I know you, that's that, what that, drives that, it now. That's it's what was sad, bothering like, me was when it got over, and I was like, "This is so Inhuman heavy," and now Inhumanity is out, and apparently is sold out the printing yeah. of it, and I'm like, "You guys just want to make an Inhumans movie? Like it, <laughs> it's transparent. Like that's why you're doing this." And it's like, you know what? I'm sort of okay with it to a degree because these are characters that have not been hoard out a lot. I'm all for them. And Black Con- Bolt's cool, and I like Black Bolt. Cool. Lockjaw's fun. I need to understand why. If you Black someday, Bolt, someday you're gonna have to give. You me should a read New assignment. Avengers. I did the new New. Oh, Avengers. the new New Avengers. Since I have the first volume. You should read it. It's great. Okay. Black Bolt also read. Oh Sil- no, he's Silent he's, War. He's part of that fucking Illuminati. Yeah, read Silent War. Right, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Black Bolt's just neat. I just like that they're such big Kirby characters. Oh no, like, yeah, they're yeah. definitely. And his name's Blackagar Boltagon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not just him. There's also, like, the Medusa with her hair yeah. stuff. And then there's, uh, <laughs> what's his face? Something, the exploiter or whatever, the guy who can find the oh, weak Karnak. point. Oh, Karnak. Karnak, who can yeah. find the weak point in anything yeah. and break it. So, yeah, they're all they're all cool characters. So I, Crystal. I, I like Crystal. And so I'm like, and then the, the, the crazy one, Maximus the Mad or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Has anybody been reading? Oh, I, didn't, I don't want to interrupt this. Well, slow. Too late. Too late? Damn it. Has anybody been reading uh, Cataclysm? No. What? Cataclysm in the Ultimate Universe? No, I refuse. Is the Ultimate Universe no. falling I think down? It is. I think it's the end. Is it? Is it, it going to be something the they would announce? Oh, matter. apparently someone mentioned in the comments, they were like, oh, the big thing, the big fallout of... Uh, Cataclysm. Uh, I guess Age of Ultron. 
what ultimately that did when it shattered all the barriers of time and space is I guess regular 616 Galactus is in the Marvel is in the Ultimate Universe yeah, now yeah. that's what Cataclysm is yeah, he's I tweeted a picture of it like I would never tweet a spoiler that was a huge spoiler and I just thought it was this other world thing that didn't really matter yeah that's mm-hmm. what I thought too but it's like so did, did our Galactus like just pass over and be like oh hey cool yeah mm-hmm. that's kind and of and everyone's it. so depowered over there I guess they couldn't really stop him honestly Age of Ultron kind of it really sucked in the end because it was the end was there's some more crossovers coming. Like it was. That's yeah. all it was. Wait, that's why both of these things this year have been like, oh, the thing we with the thing we sold you on was not what it was about, mm-hmm. and the the fallout was way less than you thought, and was- not and in no way related to the title of it, Infinity. It's about the Inhumans coming back. Oh, so it's not about Thanos or the Infinity Gems. But it was to connect Thanos to the Inhumans, which obviously will make them totally fit into the Marvel universe. So there'll probably be a tease in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie of, like, fucking Medusa will show up or something. What is the, uh, what was the character? I would love to see Black Bolt on his throne. I would, oh my god, that would be so cool. I don't understand that. What was the character that was revealed at the end of Age of Ultron? The The, The Collector. No, Angela. No. Oh, Angela, sorry. And why is that significant? Because she's a former Spawn character. She's an image Spawn original character. Did that, but did that lead into anything? She's a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy now. I haven't been reading it okay. since she appeared. She's but in the Guardians. Oh. Yep. Bendis put her in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I meant, uh. I meant to catch up on. It was just like all of a sudden it came back out and there was like too much of that to read. and mm-hmm. It was too expensive. Uh, I'm going to, I'll keep reading it. I want to keep reading. I just, man, yeah. They, they handed space off to everyone that I don't want to handle space. Yeah. Like, space needs but that. But it's unpredictable that Bendis would do space. I think that's why they did it. They're like, bet you didn't think we'd give but the Galactic like, cosmic it. stuff to Bendis. But, uh, uh, It doesn't I, totally fit. I've read it. I'm it like, doesn't fit. Doesn't like, it's, really... I read it, and it's like, it's Bendis writing these characters. It's not these characters, and I'm an eavesdropping in their world. I get that, It's Bendis yeah. is writing a comic book. I, I get that cosmic characters, for us to read them, kind of have to speak English to each other. Mm. But their syntax should feel different. They should feel like they're aliens being true translated like through a universal yeah. translator really? but like there's they sound so there's just similar. something well like, my problem with Bendis is like and this isn't a hundred percent but it, I feel like every character is the same character every character sounds like Spider-Man everyone talks with fucking Whedon-esque snappy lines and no one takes anything seriously mm-hmm. and it's just like there's no sense of weight or gravity to anything whereas you was reading uh, Abnett who was the dude Abnett Lanning yeah. <laughs> reading their stuff it was like yeah, there's a lot of like irreverent shit going on in here, but it still had this sense of they are not capable, and they're always barely winning, and they're not the stars of the universe, so they might all die. They're Who kind fucking... of a loser squad. Yeah, yeah. Th- there was this sense of like they're not that popular. They could go at any minute, and they could yeah. just cancel the series, and they all blow up. Who cares? But now there's so much writing on them. There's a movie coming out, and Bendis is writing them. I don't even care what they do anymore because yeah. they're going to win all in, of it. In a way, I'm happy that we live in a universe where Rocket Raccoon has been like seen as this guy could be a mascot for us. Oh, we no. I, I, Raccoon lo- toys everywhere. I, I love, love that, it. But I love it. And I, I, I love that the movie's happening and I love that the comic is popular. I'm not like, mm-hmm. I don't like it now that everyone else does. Because I do. I'm happy that it yeah. worked. It's just I feel like they, they missed the point I to some degree. I wish Marvel had valued them before that. All right, wait. Before we get to the break, all right. What are those guys doing now, by the way? I don't know. I think they, they're one of those guys that they just write a fantasy book every three months or something. So uh, they're like, there's a ton of Warhammer books by then you can wow, read if okay. you want it. 
I don't know why you want to, but I mean, you know. I like their style and everything yeah, they did. Was, yeah. Did they do Annihilation also? Uh, they co-wrote it with Keith Giffen, and then they did every later right. Annihilation. Man, all the stuff is so Keith good. Giffen's great. Now he's at DC. I feel like he's kind of wasting his time there. Anyway, everybody at DC. Wonder Woman. Ah, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. Is that her name? Is, should we recognize her from something? Fast and Furious. You well, just who saw she her in Fast and Furious. Furious 6. She was the Chinese guy's girlfriend. Han's girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the one that died. Great. At the end of... Easy, five. buddy. Spoilers if you don't have it. It's seen. been out on DVD for a long time. Five? Six. Six. She died at the end of six. <laughs> uh, that was the yeah. longest runway. The I know that runway. Days. Well, that's a hallmark of the whole system. This quarter mile, you're going 140 miles an hour. <laughs> this quarter mile was gone. <laughs> you can drive as fast as you can, as long as you can. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. So I, but I think yeah. she looks like Wonder Woman. I think the picture she that looks like she could the be. picture wherever it was where that was announced. Oh, bleeding cool. That was bleeding the cool. Story so, I like. Yeah. So that picture of her, I'm like, yeah, she has that kind of. It depends on how you want to go, because there's definitely art, like Alex Ross-style art, where Wonder Woman definitely has like a big, broad chin and has maybe more manly. She's a muscly, thick lady. That's my favorite drawing of Wonder Woman, that, she'd like, that she might be taller than Superman, and that <laughs> she's, she's kind of buff. Like That's what yeah. I like about but her. But then there's also you know the way Jim Lee draws her, which is a little bit more slender and just that more... Tarts her up. That's what yeah, saying. and I don't mind the tarting up, but it's also like, I hate, I hate... This is just me, but... When there's just boobs flying everywhere, and most of the drawings of Wonder Woman are like, could you try to maybe one girl ever in the world would want to identify with this and want to keep reading? Because it's like me reading a comic and a guy's dick is just flying out of his pants. That's what with I, this giant traceable bulge in his pocket. Was, and I'm like, hey, I kind of don't want to see that. I was reading Young Avengers, this uh, the new Young Avengers book this weekend, and the artist on it. It's one of the very few where I read it, and I'm like, you're objectifying the men. The women are drawn <laughs> normally, and the men are being objectified. Oh, and really? It's, it's fun to see. Like, That's there are shots of uh, uh, Marvel or no- Marvel Boy, Novar, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. he was. There are multiple shots of, like, his ass just looks <laughs> awesome in his pose. And the pose is just to say, like, look how awesome his ass is. And then it also has Wiccan and Hulkling from, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the old Young Avengers. See, if it's done equally, that's fine. That's well, the, the women are definitely drawn in like sexualist poses, but the, the dudes. It was just a nice change of pace to see. Like, That's this fine. is what it looks like when a dude is sexualized. Right. But I bet that also is why that book is canceled because it turns off a lot of male readers. Yeah. Like, well, I read the first two or three, and I was like, "This isn't as good as it was before," so I quit. It I just wasn't, wasn't great. All either. those characters, I just couldn't get into them. And there were so many dudes' asses everywhere. What's the deal with it? Uh, but also, yeah. So I'm not against her. Was was Wonder Woman? I bet she will bulk up like every yeah, actor does to yeah, be in yeah. a superhero movie. If she could gain some weight, not because she's so skinny, <sighs> but it is just well, like Muscle Man. Tobey Maguire had to get in awesome shape. He to be was Spider Man. He was ripped. Same deal. I expect nothing less of any actor. If Tobey Maguire, the pipsqueak that he is, could yeah. get in that kind of shape, mm. that's yeah. such a great scene in the first Spider Man where. They oh, shot it shirt. for real. Yeah. They shot it before he got in shape. Then he wakes up and yeah. he's it's really six months later and he's yeah. awesome. And he's in well, this more like, like two months. Like stuff. this prime specimen. I know. But it uh, is weird. The, the weird thing is she has a very this is I'm only thinking about the character art here. Even when she bulks up, she'll still have a pretty small chest. Kind of, So it's yeah. going to be well, like... Well, by comic book standards. Well, by comic book standards, but also I'm even thinking like pers- uh, any other... Uh, visual representation of that character. 
I've never seen it, so I don't know. Wonder Woman's brassiere can do a lot of the work for her boobs if, yeah, that's if true. she needs them. But, uh, like, but I'm, so, not, I'm only thinking based on the, like, the, the iconic visions of the art of the character. Now but I think she definitely looks the part and can pull it off. Here's my actual problem with this. Uh, she's fine. But the mm-hmm. world Zack Snyder has oh, built... there's that. Okay. And he does to, not deserve his Avengers movie yet. To... Uh, if you're, you need a whole movie to be like Batman and Superman mm-hmm. exist in this world together. They they have to to even build that. You need a whole movie. Mm-hmm. But to then, it's just greedy to be like, no, Wonder Woman's there too. We're going to introduce her too. We've got to speed right? this shit up and get an Avengers mo- or, well, or just. But it's not just Wonder Woman now. either. It's somebody else, isn't it? Um, Wonder Woman. Well, Lex is in there. No, some, well. but somebody not from Superman's corner of the universe. Uh, those um, are the only ones I've heard of. You there's, might, there's there's one more. Right now, the flash the flash is in the Green Arrow TV show, but mm-hmm. uh, that's all that doesn't count. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. But just, yeah. So so my thing was like it's too crowded. It's like and it's I mentioned not too crowded. Just they haven't. There's been no lead up. There's well, been I no build that, to the, for them to blow right. their entire Justice League wad over a sequel to an okay Man of Steel movie. Yeah. Yes. So that my thing on I mentioned on Twitter was like. They don't need to take their time as much as Marvel did because they had to. Marvel had to prove uh, maybe that's, that's Cap, yes. Iron Man, and Thor are not just nerdy things that nerds like. Because remember, ten years ago, Iron Man was not popular. Sorry, everyone else who no, thought he was. He was. He was not. Cap and, was wasn't either. Really. And Cap was like, yeah, everyone. You, most people might be able to go. Oh, is that Captain America? Like they wouldn't. They mm. no other connection. They wouldn't care. Hulk, of course, they would know because it's just Hulk. And but the, but then his movies, sheep. ironically, are like the, the Black Sheep. And Thor, too. Like, and Thor is like, yeah, some people might go, oh, yeah, Thor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They wouldn't care. Would you mm-hmm. go see a movie? Probably not. But they had to prove that it would work so then Avengers could work. Whereas DC is blessed with this, like, the Trinity, which they, is they, yeah. mm-hmm. everyone in this country and anyone in the world who is going to go see a movie in a the theater knows who Batman is mm-hmm. and knows who Wonder Woman is. Mm-hmm. They don't need explanations. How it's did Wonder true. Woman become Wonder don't care. How did Batman? Everybody knows. We don't have to like establish this ever again. People, she was born that way. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so the idea that like, oh, they gotta take their time is like, well, they do and they don't. I yeah. do agree. They're probably well. So what? I, I feel like it's too many bowling pins for Zack Snyder. It's to a jump lot on. to handle, but it's also like they're also kind of doing this in reverse. Where like Iron Man started the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. cinematic universe with. It's a regular dude who has this suit that kind of sort of works, but malfunctions a lot, and he's got a kind of skin of his teeth kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you build on that with this idea of Captain America and Thor and Hulk. And then by the time you get to Avengers, you're like, okay, this all kind of... I buy it, but the the new DC Universe begins with Superman and Man of Steel and yes. aliens that raise cities. like So from that point, you mm-hmm. can't get any crazier. Mm-hmm. But so DC the idea of introducing Wonder did, Woman yeah. is like... But DC oh. Comics did begin with Superman, so I can see why right. they'd want to be like, it starts with Superman here, Yeah, too. and everything else is like, well, it's somehow less crazy than that. So, yeah, it is a weird path to take. It and Ringslinger mentioned on Twitter, one of our, our longtime listeners and, and a great guy, yep. he mentioned you know, Wonder Woman, probably a cameo, which makes me wish... But they they're would... casting her future-proofing, planning Well, for yeah, that's Wonder why I wish yeah. that that's the kind of thing where like, don't tell people this shit. Like, if she's going to be in the movie for less than ten minutes, you shouldn't have told a fucking I person. I guess there were. It would ju- it would leak. It would leak. Somebody it, else. Well, it might, it might not. Like a month from now. No. How many of the Marvel stingers ever leaked? 
No, they're pretty good with that. Did that we ever true. know Thanos or Collector or any of that shit was happening until the day it happened? Nope, mm. that's true. And but all DC has to do is do that. And then imagine if you're watching Man of Steel and Batman, and at the end, fucking Wonder Woman shows up. Ah! And now DC, instead, DC the whole about this about this. Yeah, episode. I know. And, yeah, and this this ties into the Chris Sims. There with a megaphone. Wonder Woman will be in this movie. Yeah. And, this, about it. and this ties into the Chris Sims thing we'll yes. get into after the break, which is DC wants to be Marvel super bad. And that Spider Man poster though. Huh? Oh, the Spider-Man poster, which I posted on Laser Time Podcast. Yeah. True, we can read some responses. Yeah, why don't we? We'll talk about the Spider-Man poster, DC versus Marvel, and we'll even do a couple of trivia questions. I promise. Oh, after the break. <laughs> Hey, everybody! It's the break time. This is Henry Gilbert saying thanks again for listening. Boy, oh boy, do you have a great discussion about DC and Marvel ahead of you. This, I think, this is a great episode, I'm going to say. This is one of my favorites we've done in a while. But, anyways, if you're a fan of this podcast and you want to help us out, why, there's just so many ways you can help. First off, the PayPal button. You can click on that. Just give us a direct donation if you want to give whatever you can. Though I will warn you, you know, you might want to save your PayPal donations for a little bit later in the month. Wink, wink, wink. Uh, maybe something is coming. But if you'd like to buy a t-shirt uh, at Christmas time, a laser time t-shirt, there's the store right beneath the PayPal thing. Also, at this holiday time of year, I know you're buying stuff on Amazon. You're buying the daily sales, all that crap. Why, you should buy them through lasertimepodcast.com on the page, on the homepage, on the right side. There are links to Amazon. You don't have to buy the thing we suggest. Just buy anything through that new tab that you open up and a little bit of money will come Laser Time's way, and it really helps us out. If you're subscribing on iTunes, you know, thanks a lot. Please be a subscriber, and I would really love it if you wrote a review for us. We haven't had a lot of new reviews in a while. I love all the reviews we've gotten. Thank you. But any new ones would be really helpful, too. And now, it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know what? I'm going to go with the... We talk so much about Silver Age comics here, and I read a great one, The Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus 2. I just loved it so much. It gave me a new appreciation for John Romita's art style and the stories they were telling. There's this great multi-part story where Dr. Octopus uh, knocks Spider-Man unconscious and erases his memory, and then he makes Spider-Man work for him. He's like, oh yeah, you're my assistant. You work for me. Help me steal stuff. And Spider-Man goes along with it. It's so, and then the next issue, Kazar from the Savage Land appears. It's so silly and fun. It's a, it's a great book. It's definitely worth it. It's it's still Silver Age Spider-Man stuff, but not the Ditko issues that you've probably read, more likely read more of than the Ramita issues. So definitely worth the 60, 70 bucks that the Omnibus costs on Amazon. You can buy that. And so many other comics through the links on this week's episode on lasertimepodcast.com. And now, back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble!
Okay. All right, Chris. What, fu- what brought us in okay. this segment? Uh, that is um, Sherry Sloan's vowel bats. Uh, I don't know what the fuck your problem was today, Elson. I got stuck in a Toys R Us music black hole where I was like, what were all the crappy songs I heard at Toys R Us? And just started YouTubing them, and I found almost all of them. And that they had you accompanying heard music videos. That? And they well, had... So what happened is Brett sent me like all these like Kermit Unplugged and Barbie rap songs <laughs> that eventually, I don't know how YouTube's algorithm works, but my recommended videos began to look bizarre. Had changed from <laughs> wrestling footage and video games to... Yeah, this. Vowel bats. To vowel bats. Vowel and she goes through all the vowels. You think so? Surely, it must be over over you by now, right? (laughs) What I couldn't believe when it came to the A, and I was like, okay, she's got to do A for a little bit and then go to E, like, no, it's... (laughs) We still got O and U. (laughs) All right, anyway. We're done. Okay, we're back on the show. Guys, I wanted to thank uh, a reader first, or listener. That would be Signarian, a.k.a. a.k.a. Marcus Shower. Shower? Does he know all the vowels? Uh, Most of the vowels are in his name. um, (laughs) Anyway, Signarian, he is a listener who is currently living in Osaka, Japan. Oh, wow. And when I... uh, when I just tweeted on my Twitter a few weeks ago how how envious I was, please, I'm trying to thank this guy. I was tweeting about how envious I was of uh, of a Mario toy set coming out at the Happy Meal in Japan. Then he just at replied me this weekend of like, "Hey, I got them all for you, man!" Wow. And I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty was, cool." So he says he's going to send me all eight of them, and I, I owe you one, buddy. So thank you. Marcus, a.k.a. Signarian. That's awesome. Twitter. Did he listen to the More on Japan, the Greg? Yeah, he kind of, he, uh, I was looking back at his tweets. He had at replied at Laser Time that said uh, that he, he had a picture of one of the Happy Meals he was eating in Japan. And he was like, this is the your last two episodes of Laser Time. Oh, wow. Combined. Like, nice! Wow, it was a really good one. So he's he's a great listener. This guy. I've been to Osaka once. It was lovely. I liked Osaka a lot. When I met, I met. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say where they worked, but they. I met a person who worked for a video game. Company. Yeah, I know. It would bring the games industry down to its mm-hmm. knees. But this did. guy, I was saying, the like, secrets uh, you know, Henry. I've only been to Osaka and Tokyo, and I was like, maybe I should go to Kyoto. He's like, man, Kyoto's the best. Osaka it sucks, and I was like. What? No, I like Osaka. He's like, yeah, been to Kyoto, and I wanted it. I'm like, that's because your company's based in Kyoto. Like, yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> no guesses. <laughs> I think I've left enough of a breadcrumb trail that these people can guess the company. But uh, let's move on. But I've heard about uh, the Osaka loudmouth, so I'll just leave it there. The I, Osaka, I love. I really liked Osaka. Did you go to Denden Town? Their equivalent yeah, of Akihabara. I think so. Yeah. They, it's been five years now, but yeah, it was I feel great. like I did. It was a less like Akihabara almost feels too touristy, like to me. I, I man, it's I weird because like I've only total asshole. It is weird because I've only been to Akihabara twice, but uh-huh. the second time I was, I already had that feeling of like I'm checking off of a list at this point. Like, well, let's go to this place and go to that place. Akihabara was still fun for me. It's even still the cool third time yeah. this year because well, because I become like the tour guide of just like oh yeah. 
if you're trying to even find, even on Google Maps, like finding <laughs> no, uh, no maps. Super Potato will not be nope, good. No maps. So you, I just kind of have to be there. Like, yeah, this exit two blocks up that yeah. way. There's Super Potato. Yeah, I shouldn't like diminish it, but it, it, yeah. Okay, it's guys. Super cool. Anyway, trivia time. Let's do get this out of the way real quick. It's got to be recurring, so we got to do it a second time. Chris, do you have any double dare music or anything? For oh, fuck's I might. sake! I might. Oh, whoop, whoop, to whoop. a good section. Okay. I didn't read the questions ahead of time. I just opened it to a good section. All right. But, all right. Trivia time. All right. If in case you don't know, this is your first episode, which I think is impossible. Uh, in the new, in the, this trivia section, I bought the book, the unofficial Spider-Man trivia challenge and the, unofficial, the ultimate Batman trivia challenge, both of which have 800 plus questions about their characters. Now, Brett is going to ask Chris and I a Batman trivia question, and Chris is going to ask Brett and I a Spider-Man trivia question. And, the, and these are really hard; they get really dense. It's worth picking up on the Amazon if you if you're. Ahem. All right, Chris and Henry. Yes. In the 1990s, so this is right up your alley. Yep. Uh, Robin drove a personalized car similar to the Batmobile. What was this vehicle called? Uh, the Little Bird. Nope. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Lincoln Mercury, big-breasted. St. Louis Cardinals. S- what? The Cardinal? St. Louis Cardinals. I'm so glad this music is playing. Is this the mascot of the St. Louis Cardinals? Red Bird. Red Bird. Red that's Bird. what it was. Yeah. I got one of the words right. Little Bird. Yes. All right. Chris. Spider-Man. Um... Which of Spider-Man's buddies served several years in prison for a crime he didn't commit and then worked for a while as a... Luke Cage, the hero for hire. hero for hire, yes. Um, If you were a black superhero, you went to jail at some point in your life. If you were, let me, let me do one more, just because I'm, I'm not. All right, such fine. a Long question. We just don't have a lot of time for trivia, but let's. On the distant one more planet Battle World, Spidey's oh. web shooter and Hawkeye's arrows were cannibalized <gasps> to enhance the abilities of a certain Hulk. someone, giving him or her the firepower to free several heroes that were buried alive. Oh, Iron Man! Who was this temporarily enhanced person? It's too late. You're already Iron wrong, Man. Henry. It was Iron Man. I read that one last night. He blows up the side of the mountain. When Hulk, in a feat of strength, holds up a side of a mountain, that the newly embiggened molecule man has dropped on top of him. Um, I, I, love, my... I love that those comics are... I don't have my sound effects, but you're both wrong. What? Oh, sorry. It was Jim Rhodes. But <laughs> acting as Iron Man. Acting as Iron Man, acting yeah. Iron Man. That was the other surprise. I didn't realize it was Rhodes in the suit the whole... It was of... a lot of weird status quo yeah. came into that event. Okay, Brett... Uh, though Batman is often considered to be the world's greatest detective, uh-huh. one of the Justice League teammates is considered to be an investigator of almost equal skill. Who is this That'd hero? That'd be John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Um, definitely gotta go with. I, I don't. St. Louis Cardinals. Robin. Ozzy Smith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does backflips at the. Uh, he went the to the. Uh, what was that? The. The answer is Ralph Dibney, elongated man. <laughs> what? Man, the Martian Manhunters was a detective first. On Mars? What kind of status they No, he'd be... Uh, that's annoying. All right, enough of this. Uh, no, uh, I think I have the answer to that. All right, no, we're good. We're good. It's probably... <laughs> nice crossfade. That was pretty good. I say you played DJ Hero before. <laughs> Hang on. Good? Lightning round. Batman has worked alongside an altruistic vampire and inhabits the DC universe. What is this vampire's name? 
DC Universe vampire? Yes. I, I have no idea. What is his name, Henry? Uh, it's Dead Man. Morphe- uh, Morbius. Bram Stoker. Never heard of this. Um, A- Andrew Bennett? Nope. Some Batman fan that guy. you are. I don't know that guy. That concludes our trivia. <laughs> we're, we're really good at this. All right. That was fun, huh? Yeah. Fun for us. I think we're entertaining ourselves with these more than the audience. But hey. I disagree. Fuck you. I... What other <laughs> podcast are you going to hear Double Dare music? <laughs> Who has the gall? Who has the guts? <laughs> we should have the guts music play when I said that. All right. Uh, hey, there was a Spider-Man poster. What was that? Yeah, I posted up on LazyTownPodcast.com where you can... It's intriguing slash infuriating. It was, yeah, it was this like unceremonious reveal <laughs> of like, oh, his next Spider-Man But it wasn't an official, like somebody took a picture of it, but it, no, it's no, it was a publicly displayed It was publicly poster. displayed in Vegas, and it's like, just, and knowing, get more public knowing how many cavernous, vacant hallways there are in <laughs> yes. all those hotels in Vegas, like, I'm just imagining like rounding one of the 800 corridors of the Luxor where it connects to Excalibur and MGM and all that shit and just being like oh somebody didn't know not to put this up yet and and on the <laughs> poster is the Green Goblin and it's like hey guess what Green Goblin's in this movie now and it's well, like there's what? supposed to be a new trailer very isn't soon isn't that yeah. the debate it's whether well by the time this episode airs the new trailer will be out there is they there, cast Chris Cooper they cast Chris it? Cooper yeah. but you even enlarged it in the photo it looks like fucking Andrew Garfield. It, that, the, the art does look like Andrew Garfield with like a, a twisted face and like and like a fucking evil clone. But that's we, what I'm worried because if this is going yep. the more if of the, going ul- the ultimate route, they're going more. Mm, it seems like this is way more ultimate Electro comics is. with his parents and yeah. and all that stuff. And it just yeah. feels a little bit more ultimate e. So coupling the ultimate e and the. Tran- Michael Bay Transformers Rhino suit. Oh, I don't boy. like that either. I have, oh I have taken an optimistic like ability to ignore that that's actually happening in the poster. Yeah. I just don't look at it. Yeah, it's like that's a, a pile gray, of metal it, from a previous fight. It's like almost uh, hysterical blindness. Like you just can't yeah, look at I it. Cannot believe that. But the central Spider-Man. While I still don't like his back spider, mm-hmm. I. That his the rest of his costume is just the Spider-Man costume. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I do like the costume. But doesn't that speak to, like, let's say... Are you saying it's unimaginative? They were too imaginative in the first one. They overdid it. Like, he, he had too many fucking accessories Let's and say lines. there's a director of a video game movie who yes. is actually the worst director in the world. Yes. Made a series of movies based off a of video game. Will not say its name. Yes. But there have been five of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the in the in between doing something inane and stupid and awful, he'll do something that's exactly like the video game series. Because uh-huh. to him, it doesn't really matter why this is there. Uh-huh. I'll add fan service. Here's the dress you've always wanted. Yeah, that this they, is the Gwen Stacy costume. The execute. <clears throat> no, they. <clears throat> no, no. I would say also that would go for. Way back when the first Transformers movie was coming out, mm-hmm. they were like, hey, we got Peter Cullen. He's Optimus Prime. Doesn't right. that make you happy? We got the real guy. He's, and he, then he's the like island in the distru- oh, yeah. disgustingness of that whole thing. And, and even then, like if a real director would have said, no, that's not right. That's not the correct casting. <laughs> still that's, felt, well, no, no, it, no, it, to it star is, in a comedy, no. It is a gleaming a good actor beacon of hope thing. that Peter Cullen is the voice of Optimus Prime, but if you're making your own movie mm. with a coherence unto yeah. itself, 
you don't cast the 1980s cartoon voice actor. Well, the rest of the voice cast was just awful. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, who's famous? Uh, who's the most famous name we could get to just say he's a voice? Mm-hmm. Like, Hugo Weaving, it turned Hugo out. Hugo Weaving didn't give two fucks about what he was doing. He publicly was awesome about the film. That's oh, I that love. was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> was stupid. I cashed, I cashed my check. check. I don't give a shit. It was two hours work for probably like $200,000. Get to move on love with Love you, life. Hugo Weaving. I love Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving's the best. Um, all right. But I do worry, yeah, three villains in one movie. That seems like very busy. And well, that, I, I hope it just ends with a Green Goblin. It's I, I wonder go- if they're building. They, they keep saying they're building to a Sinister Six And that's film. my hope is that. As a fourth film, that would be a good fourth film. But it's also like, man, Avengers is actually just going to ruin everybody for like five years. And everybody everyone, everyone's just going to assume, oh, let's just quickly get our big movie. And it, like, put everybody in it. That's what people like. Yeah. I mean, X-Men's practically already there with Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is that. It actually is a team-up movie of, fa- yeah. of past and future I, X-Men. I only bring the- this is disastrous now that I think about it. We've yeah. been talking about this in the office for like, Days that like Marvel and their movies are now like the biggest thing in the universe, and in in darker times, sold off the rights to some of their most valuable yeah. properties. Mm. I'm also not writing anything about giant write ups on Christmas specials, but going back into cartoon Christmas, and I just happen to readdress the awful shenanigans of Jim Henson. The the Jim Henson property. Yeah, I'm gonna put all. I'm gonna take uh, Fraggles and. Uh, Sesame Street characters, the Muppets Family Christmas, and uh, it, but it happens a lot. Like mm-hmm. in in two Christmas specials now, can are ruin are, are kind of ruined. Family Christmas. You pointed it out in your article what? though that he knew. It seemed he knew this was the last time knew, I will have the rights to all he these. Knew it was people. the last time, but what I'm saying is that he cre- he created irreparable damage to his back catalog. Yes. Um, Why? Because uh, it can't air anymore. It can't air anymore. Uh, you I can't love, show things. I love that special so much. No, that that it'll never air again. Oh yeah. no, no, it can, that special. Can but there are shots that uh, they can't be shown. There are shots that can't be shown. Two of my favorite Christmas specials in the universe: Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas, right, and uh, a Christmas toy. And this this is a worst case scenario. Muppets aren't that popular, but it was just. I wrote an article. It's like we just have to accept this. It's this shit as like in its original form is gone. Right. Because someone didn't... Because Kermit can't be in them. Kermit can't be in them. And it's fucking tragic. It it's so tragic. Like, they have to fade out things early, and they cut have to cut dialogue but so like and whole when the, songs. But so, like, let's say when the rights for Spider-Man eventually revert to Marvel... Yeah, which just, will, is, inevi- is inevitable. When we're all which 80 years old. Which is inevitable. It will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it does... Mm-hmm. Um, does Marvel... Because it's their character, do they have... The ability to package those old movies at all? Or are they Sony's? No, movies? I think they belong yeah. to Sony. Yeah, which is fine because they won't be connected to anything. So who cares? But all oh, they'll all be owned by one company. Well, but also the sad thing is, like, Avengers three will seemingly mark the end of this. That should be the close for it. Like, this this era of a cinematic count. universe. They, like Downey they, will be over fifty, yeah. I think, by the time that happens. They get the actors to commit to a lot of movies when they mm-hmm. sign their contracts, but there's a limit to theirs. Yeah, it's not uh, movies until you're dead. That's right. not what you're committing to when you're in a Marvel film. So then so. it's like they got to take some time off, and then but that's right. perfect time to reboot anyway. Yeah, just reboot the universe, start from scratch, get let Spider-Man the money back. cycle start cycling over. I still just want a Spider-Man Wolverine movie. Yep, never gonna happen. Wow, not in your lifetime. One to do. I know. Now it's impossible. Ah, guys, so fucking heartbreaking. All right, 
We should really talk about the thing we teased so much at the start. Marvel versus DC. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, we barely have any time oh, to I talk about it. I just wanted to say it, about but... the Spider-Man poster. that the, the thing that people are bitching about is that it do, it clearly isn't Chris Cooper in that Green Goblin poster. Yeah, that is strange. And that it looks more like Harry Osborn. Like Harry Osborn. Do you think be that'll be first. a fake out? That's the fake out? You know what I honestly think? I honestly think that Green Goblin might be in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they... Or a Goblin might be in the movie, but they don't know how. I honestly believe, you look at that picture, that's Andrew Garfield. Someone took one of his headshots and created a Green Goblin. <laughs> out of, like, well, they, they, they better know at this point what their Green Goblin is going to be in that movie. And, and, like, you have to admit, like, that thing's way it's far back. You're not, you're not supposed six to... six months away. No, no, no. The, the, the picture, it's what, you're not supposed yeah. to look at it. Oh, I see. And it, it, I have to imagine it was some guy, some designer, who was asked to make a Goblin. I see. And you want and you it had is, to use uh, the basis I had heard of uh, during Comic-Con mm-hmm. from a source um, saying that the movie was behind the scenes a big fucking wreck. Mm, and really? that they were trying to figure out how to make it suck the least. So, That's kind of how the first one felt. Like oh, it yeah. felt. The first one felt patched over in a lot yeah. of places. It does look just... I love that Paul Giamatti's in it. <laughs> and then every shot I've seen him in the movie is him like dropping a pizza... <laughs> or, or running in his ba- oh, pants. Ah, fuck! It's just all well because he's a you fat goddamn idiot. motherfucker. That's his thing. <laughs> he's fucking a- Spider-Man, the guy. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very skeptical of that movie. But yes. fucking costume, Peter Parker. The costume looks cool. The, so I, bad. I do love the costume and the idea of it eventually leading to a Sinister Six movie. Mm-hmm is interesting. I just hope people take time again to understand how and why things like Avengers worked. Because of a rhino! (laughs) Not just just because Avengers are in it. Not just because six people were in it who were in movies before. Which is the same thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. It's like, just because it worked doesn't mean you put all your top talent on it and and, therefore it will be better. And that's my worry with with Wonder Woman, that they're just putting her in there just to, like... Because they need to kickstart their Avengers fast, right. and not because there's a good story reason. Could for it be it. that that's all DC really needs? Mm. They don't even need to mess with Flash and Martian Manhunter. Like their Avengers is just their the Trinity three of them. just works. Yeah. Like because anyone else is expensive and probably doesn't add that much to a draw to the mainstream. I would yeah. I would have I would have bet a lot of money to say the Thor movies wouldn't work. But there, yeah. there, there, is, there is no universe, and I, I can imagine where a Wonder Woman movie mm-hmm. will get mainstream acceptance. Maybe I so. think it could because the show was popular for a while. People have an investment <laughs> yes. in that around I the suppose. time of Starsky and Hutch and a bunch of other cool. Yeah. Well, I just mean shit. like it, it, it exists a formula that can type into that mindset of people at that moment. That the, can happen twice. Well, I'd say being beholden to the '70s show is what kind of fucked up the well, Hulk it, movies. Yes. Yeah. When Whedon got to ditch that 70s bullshit yeah, when he yeah. had his own alk, like, that was way better. All that 70s thing buys you is the recognition. Don't hold yourself to it. But the fact that they had popular shows means the 50-year-old parents, and even people our age in their 30s who probably grew up seeing reruns in the mid-80s or whatever, know who they are because they were on television for so long. Anyway. Uh, all right. I wanted to, before we talk actually about Marvel vs. DC, let's, because it's about Spider-Man movies, let's go over last week's question of the week just a little bit. Yes. Which was, who would star in a Spider-Man spinoff movie? Mm. When we talked about last time, they said, like, oh yeah, year? this is going to be a Spider-Man universe of films. <clears throat> Spider-Man spinoff. Jesus Christ. Uh, the first responder, as usual, Super Giraffe. 
I could kind of see them making a Miles Morales film just to make the universe bigger, but who knows what those movies would be called. I could see them, maybe they even do just kill Peter Parker in the fourth movie. I know what it'd be called. It would be Marvel. called Slingin' with an N apostrophe and... Wow, that sounded terrible. Oh, really racist. Chris. Chris. Slingin' starring Cedric the Entertainer. That Cody Stovall says, obviously Venom, or my fave, Anti-Venom. Like, I'm going to edit that out. Which I'm not. Anti-Venom. I think that that's that's two movies for you right there. Venom and Anti-Venom. Mm. Uh, also, Darth Ender X, he, he also says Venom, but specifically the Flash Thompson version. Which, that could be interesting. Then Soggy Sage just gets crazy bringing up Silver Sable and Cardiac. Like, <laughs> come on. Silver Sable maybe only because it's like, that's that's a shieldy idea. And mm. uh, who said yeah. that? That was uh, Soggy Sage. Soggy Sage, prove us wrong. <laughs> I want you to be a Marvel executive and march in there confidently <laughs> and pitch a Silver Man, Sable. Cardiac. Uh, then I love oh. that Cardiac is like, now he's a regular character. In, yeah. He's in the supporting cast of the Spirit so, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Wait, did he come... He's he's a member of Parker Industries. You have not been keeping up. With I have. He just has never appeared. Like he's again. the black man. That's Cardiac. It's just, but he's he appeared like, like twice. The most, he's in like the most recent issue. Yeah, I mean, in, he's like tiny parts. But in the two made. most recent issues, he does. Va- he's actually going to be a big part of. I think the next issue. But anyway, a bus full of nuns says oh, a Stella. <laughs> <laughs> A How Stella Got Her Groove Back style romance starring Ant Man and Doc Ock. I like that. Uh, let's see. A couple more. Let's go down here. I'm pissed that we might not have done our research on the Amazing Spider Man. He's like, uh, Tran- I'm looking at the article now, and Tranquil. Tranquil Bulls 22 says, I thought Chris Cooper was going to be the goblin, not the kid from Chronicle. Oh, yeah. Is that kid cast as Harry Osborne? He is Harry Osborne, yes. I don't know what he looks like. Maybe that was who I take back everything. Oh, hey. Uh, Fubar Jr. says the Daily Bugle would be a fantastic film. Jameson is pushing the act of libel and slander. It's all this background stuff. It'd be like, uh, or also he Dude. points out a movie based on damage control, which I would love. See, that so I'd be much. totally into. But, but uh, both of those seem more like shows. That in the Marvel universe. Both of those so. seem like shows, though. That would be. I a, would watch that before the show. Could shield. you imagine a Daily Bugle show? shot like the fifth season of The Wire that's all about the decline of journalism but <laughs> so just good. happens to take place yeah, during the Marvel Universe we gotta write up what the Rhino just did too late I'm doing top ten fighty spidey fails for the website you're killing me with the Robbie Robertson uh, <laughs> and the last one I'm gonna read is Sejast Sejast mm-hmm. and he says driving Miss Daisy Omaz with Aunt May and Luke Cage Luke Cage man ain't nothing to fuck with all right, sweet Christmas, Luke Cage. That's what that was his. Uh, he doesn't say that enough anymore. Sweet Christmas, I missed that. Man, seeing the number of times Cyclo- uh, Colossus says Lennon's ghost, <laughs> Lennon's ghost could not be more dated a thing. <laughs> the to old. Say. I, I still want to make a montage on my brelston.tumblr.com. I keep meaning to go through and just make a compilation of all the times he says Lennon's ghost. Captain America's Lincoln Nixon's dick. <laughs> the trick what, dick. What? All right, let's talk about Marvel vs. DC real quick. So basically, what happened was what happened. I don't. Brett sent me a thing. I, I like. I think it was a Thanksgiving Day, wasn't it? I think so. And I saw on Twitter, and I don't remember who I saw. Oh, it was uh, LBD Night Train, I think. Who? Um, oh, no, uh, I'm on a night train. 
Waiting for the night wolf. Uh, through uh, I don't know what you were doing. Through Mega Man Night, through Mega Man Nightwork, uh, Mega Man Network. He also did a book, um, Robot Masters Field Guide, I believe. Uh, it's pretty fun stuff. But he made some uh, just tweet about oh this thing on Comics Alliance, and if you know Chris Sims and uh, the Ask Chris, we a uh, sort of weekly column, weekly-ish column, and he just you know he gets asked a question and then writes four thousand words about it. Which is the he end. seems to know everything about, but comic uh, yeah, books. has a lot of information stored up in his head. So, and those are very entertaining reading. And I've been reading them after I read what we're about to talk about. I've been reading. I've just been going through the back catalog and reading all of them. I read a lot too. I just and he also was writing synopses of every episode of the X Men cartoon. Yes, it's much worse than I remembered, and I already oh, yeah. didn't like it that much. When Thank it was you for out. writing up that Christmas special. Have yourself a more lap little crispy. Uh, on cartoonchristmas.com. We have a Blu-ray guide to uh, Christmas specials. That's new. Um, but but basically, someone mentioned, like, so you keep capitalizing the word the problem. And we just want to know what you're talking about when you say that. And he is like, look, I, he's a pretty equal fan of, like, Marvel, DC, and just Batman a fan Batman is his favorite Yeah, character. and not to, mention, not to mention knowledgeable in comics across the board dwarfs mm. anything I ever knew by, by far. Me too. And... But it's still like, no, look, the problem is DC has wanted to be Marvel for the last 50, 60 years. And it's just been DC trying to be Marvel basically since Fantastic Four number one. Yep. And I just thought it was a good read, but then I showed it to you, Henry, mm-hmm. and then you were like, holy shit, this tied so many weird things in my head together. So that's why yeah, I, I don't talk. understand the connection. Like, why Fantastic Four? Because that was the Marvel. Oh, yeah. This is, okay, here's the short, short, short version of it. So DC was the king of superhero comics. They uh, from 1939 mm-hmm. to 1961. They were number one. Pretenders like what would become Marvel made comics, but nobody cared. The number one. Superman still is the first superhero. Superman was the first superhero that you know, truly the pretty much the first superhero. And then mm-hmm. they had Batman after that. They had Wonder Woman. They had the Justice Society. They had Flash, they had Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. They had all the most popular superheroes. Nobody could challenge them. And so they were just doing what they did and being their own And then anything that, tr- anything that got popular, they either bought or, like, took. Yeah. Like Captain Marvel or... They hire the best writers. Blue Beetle or, or... Yeah. Or the Charleston comics from Blue Beetles, Shazam comics, all that stuff. It's those business practices. I just watched Citizen Kane, like, I'll hire all the best writers away from yeah, my competition. It, it was like that. But wow. then 1960 rolls around, 1961. And Stan Lee. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby Spider. do Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, number one, immediate hit, big. Mm-hmm. And then, in the, as Chris Sims wisely puts it, it was the in, while DC was doing all their comics in the fifties. What would become Marvel were doing horror comics and romance. Yeah, and so when they went to do superheroes, they then gave bigger romance plot lines mm-hmm. and uh, monsters and twists and sci-fi twists at yeah. the end of their story. They just took all of this disparate stuff that had been in the ether mm-hmm. and put it into a thing with superheroes. Whereas DC was doing, I guess, just more straightforward... Super straightforward, weird, kitty books. Like, colorful, yeah. barrel-chested dudes. Like, yeah. with a house style that... They yeah, were the different, house style, yeah. yeah. But, and, and Jack Kirby drew nothing like them. Steve yeah. Ditko drew nothing like them. And so, it just looked so different. And Marvel just caught on. And DC couldn't eat it alive. It couldn't take over Marvel and replace it. It... And so Marvel just became its own thing, and then mm-hmm. DC 
wanted to still take what Marvel had, but it could never do it. Like it could never, it couldn't replace Marvel. So then it's only been copying Marvel ever since the late sixties, like their mid sixties. Do you remember any Microsoft of their time? Uh, Some of the best examples they had was the number one example was in the late seventies or early seventies when Jack Kirby got sick of Stan Lee's bullshit. (laughs) uh, DC hired him. Yep, and. But then the guy's example was like, so they hire Jack Kirby, and if they wanted Jack Kirby to matter to really change DC, they should have put him on Action Comics. Yeah. But they instead put him on Jimmy Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Wow. And it was in the Jimmy Olsen comics that he introduces the new gods, and it's this amazing stuff, and he creates his own little Kirby corner of DC. But DC doesn't totally want it, but they don't not want it either. And Which also includes Darkseid, right? Did he cre- yeah, Darkseid's first appearance was in Jimmy Olsen. And though also... when He's getting personal pangs for me. When Jack Kirby drew Superman's face, they would have a Superman artist redraw his face to make it look like how he does wow. in traditional Superman comics. But so, that was their first example. Generic? And, yeah, generic. It's That's, like six lines in his face. Well, it would just keep going that way. Like, they hired... Marv Wolfman, who was a former Marvel editor-in-chief, he was hired to do the Teen Titans comic, which was a huge hit and a super Marvel book starring teen heroes with real problems. Yeah, just doing a straight-up X-Men takeoff. And and it was Marv Wolfman who wrote the Crisis on Infinite Earths book, which came a year after the Secret War. They were following Mm -hmm. Secret War with that, too. And, like, Frank Miller was totally a Marvel guy, and they hired him to remake Batman in year one. There were so many instances. But there was, there was this great line where he, he mentioned, like, what's the most influential comic for <laughs> Batman ever? And you're like, oh, you can maybe be like, oh, maybe year one. Like, mm-hmm. that set the tone for, like, everything, right? It's like, no, yeah. that's, like, how many issues? That Three. If you put together Year One and Dark Knight Returns, like the it's only stuff issues. Frank Miller did, it's yeah, it's eight issues. Eight, eight issues. And then it's like, so that means what is actually the most influential comics for Batman is Daredevil, because that's what Frank Miller was writing that got him the job to go do Batman. Dude, they hired the Daredevil team to make Batman comics. Yeah. That's so what I happened. said. As if it was a fucking revelation here on the show before that Daredevil is Batman. Batman. Yeah. And, he well, literally yeah. Batman was awesome before yeah, Daredevil it was, yeah, was No, 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 no I, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's not but to like, diminish now, like it, Batman sucked before that. It's no, like, no, it's just that that template was put in place by the same people as sort of it like and I did all know that in my mind, just didn't all put it together like this. Yeah. This is mind blowing. So it was yeah, it was and, and I mean like I know that. we gush on this show constantly about Marvel. That's just the way that's the way we was raised. But I, I'm almost ready to say I, 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 dude, I say every 15 episodes, someone recommend me some DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Either starts out awesome, peters out in a real like fucking cliched silliness. Mm-hmm. Eventually, like it, DC has let me down. I don't think I can ever be really a DC. Fa- I, I the only thing I've ever stuck I can't with. Can't be fair about this because it's just yeah. not as good. The only thing I've ever stuck with for more than a year was Flash. Uh, in the mm-hmm. like around 190 through 215. Flash and Aquaman, actually. Well, and that was one of my 52. favorite points that he made. That he said the only time DC was doing something Marvel wasn't doing was mm-hmm. in the 90s when they had legacy characters. Like oh, the Flash, yeah. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, they'd inherited their powers. Yeah. And that the Flash was the best one added in Wally West. And how yeah. now he's so sad that they. It's like, nah, it. fuck that shit. Barry's back. Hal's back. Ollie's back. They're the stars. Like, but they're boring compared to these other guys. They just are. And I don't know if those Flash 
comics are collect. I assume they are by now, but the uh, the Johns ones I bought those. Yeah, the Wade's were actually a little better than Johns. So but, uh, what? I don't so think Wade's has been collected. Two hundred. Uh, you want to read the ones you read were like one seventy to two twenty. Somewhere, yeah, and yeah. then like right after, there's like that ignition storyline. Right after that, yeah, two hundred reset stuff. There's yes. ignition, and then there's some good stuff after that. And then Barry Allen comes back. Oh, okay, yeah. Anywhere, I don't know what those trades are called, but if you want to look in the bottom of the site, maybe Henry. There's can... uh, there's flash omnibuses. Okay. I, I bought those to replace so, my other. Uh, Henry, if you want to put them on the bottom of the page, on I already have on LazyTime Podcast. Well, strangely that you mentioned. That, that is one of my biggest no, I mean, problems on the site, with in DC. In this episode. I see. Is that there are too many things that occur in the storylines that are like... That it seems like somebody really drew the fourth wall and put an arrow at it. <laughs> like, this writer is leaving, or we're rebooting this character. Or like the same yeah. way as, uh, in a soap opera. You don't even have to have seen a soap opera to know that a character will kind of announce when he's leaving the show and will revert all these storylines you thought were important. He makes to accommodate behind-the-scenes things. So Chris Sims makes a good point just that, like, DC seems to be ashamed of the stuff that made DC cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the colorful characters, the the godlike heroes that who... They, they, they don't need to have problems. They get right. to be in yeah. fun situations, they, but they don't need to be, like, sad all the time. Do you remember like, what I said was the first thing I, I, I saw recently to that they embraced, DC embraced that? Mm-hmm. All you just Google the intro to um, uh, DC Universe Online. It's very colorful. It's very colorful, but it's also very like, no, no, no origin story. There doesn't need to be an explanation. We're DC. We're big. Yeah. We're out there. Well, Let's that's embrace that. Uh, that was his the thing he called at the end the other problem. Oh yeah, which is that DC has to be. They're like, no, we're serious. We're serious. Yeah. That's. That's the problem. That that's a big problem with the Man of Steel movie. Yeah, yes. but it's also that like that's how you have Sue Dinby being raped by Doctor Light. Like that stupid thing, just to be like, this <laughs> is how great we, we allow him like, to say that. It, it was just Man, it was just, awful. Oh, like, DC's Doctor Light. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris. So, look, I'm protecting. You, you made that connection, not me. Anyway, yeah, it's just. I don't want to be super negative on DC. Like it actually reading that made me like remind myself why I liked DC so much. All these aspects of DC, but then I feel like they just got buried under all these fucking reboots. I mean, like, but is it still is is what made them good just too hokey to work, and that's why they keep struggling to find. But instead of finding it, they just copy. I feel like they're they're afraid to be hokey and give it a chance. I think. Did you did I send you that thing about the the Superman seventy fifth anniversary book that? Well, That's another Chris Sims wrote a that, great yeah. thing about it. Yeah. Was that him? who wrote like every one of his stories is a sad story. Yeah, where he's Superman a sad Superman cries. It's, a, it's, what it's, it, it's a, half the things in this omnibus that are supposed to be, and it's called like a celebration of yeah. Superman, yeah. and it's like, all him getting his ass kicked and him crying and him losing and him because losing. that's the only thing that makes. That DC feels makes Superman relatable. My favorite one was that he points out that one of the last most recent stories in it is one written by David Goyer who wrote the film. Mm-hmm. So he says that's why it's in there. But it's awful because in it Superman's going like, I'm just no good at fixing real world problems. I'm oh, yeah. Like, like, why the fuck are you putting that in a book? <laughs> yeah. It makes me sad. I, but it also made me want to look up uh, some of the Silver Age Superman stuff because when I say they're hokey... I'm not... Fantastic Four comics from the 60s are oh hokey boy. as fuck. Oh, they oh are. Boy. They are. They are. They, Those I've read. They are... Te- in a way, they're terrible, but also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
And same with those Avengers, the early Avengers yeah. comics. Like, so silly, so dumb. But they're also But fun by 1960s standards, we're not at all. But yeah, that's why they seem like such a revelation then because they were very mature compared to what was happening in DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Like, but so that's why I want to seek out the 60s Mar- uh, Superman and Batman stuff, especially. Like, I really want to check that out. But so. So when I just think about, yeah. when I think about what I love about Superman, I mm-hmm. just think about the opening to that fucking cartoon in the 90s. <laughs> that uplifting theme song, the idea right. that this guy is always right. He is super powerful. Super hopeful. And it's super hopeful. And it never felt hokey to me in that cartoon. Yeah. It just felt like, here's a guy who's always going to try to do right. Sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't, but he doesn't get sad about it. He's like, do better tomorrow. And he also doesn't care that he's... He doesn't care if he's uncool. Like, that's yeah. not... Yeah. I feel like... like he, were... he, it's like he knows he's a stick in the mud, especially yeah. when he brushes up against Batman. But he's like, I'm right. That's why it seemed like they were too obsessed with making, like, no, the Man of Steel is cool. Yeah. He's edgy and dark. And, uh, yeah. eh. All it's right. like the idea that he knows he's right, and that's good So enough. the question of the week this week, I just want to, like, after listening to this, what do you think it defines the difference between Marvel and DC? Hmm, that's a great question. So Awesome. I will, seems dismiss this, but I still kind of agree with it. It is the just... Marvel characters have problems. They their personal lives suck, and the work life balance is kind of the point of them. Mm-hmm. While they try to do that in DC, they're still gods who can do anything, and that's why it's fun. I think the quintessential DC comic mm-hmm. is a cover that says Superman in an impossible situation on the cover, and he says, "How will I get out of this?" Right. and then. The fun of the story is seeing how he gets out of it. Yeah. That's that's entertaining. And so I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, that, that's what I think is the difference. Just It's about hmm. gods doing feats of strength. And then... Can I, can I, this was one other Chris Sims point I wanted to bring up. That he said that back then Superman was like, Superman can do everything. So you're not yeah. impressed. Yeah. While Spider-Man says, yeah. I can't do anything. And then when he does the, sh- the shit he says he can't do, then yeah. you're like, oh my God, Spider-Man, yeah. when he When it. he lifts all the wreckage off and you're like, yeah. well, yeah, he can lift like 10 tons. So For, Forgive me if this is cliched and someone has pointed out that this out before, but the difference that I'm, I've just now occurred to me of Marvel and DC is that Marvel's characters become superheroes through the result of accidents, and DC mm. superheroes are born that way. Yeah, they are promoted. Well, unless the, you're Flash, and then you're like struck by lightning. I, there, and a there's bath definitely of chemicals. exceptions to that, <laughs> yeah. but you have aliens, right? You right, have right. gods, you have Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. you have right, right, right. Uh, you or you have uh, Hal Jordan's who well, are, yeah, pro- Marvel, are promoted in space because they're awesome. Yeah, Marvel has. I mean, ever since Fantastic Four, it was this idea of. But when you th- tragedy breeds the power. But when you think about it like that, it is in this day and age harder to root for. Well, yeah, I scored every touchdown, yeah, therefore yeah. I'm the hero of the movie. Right. Yeah. That was another point Sim said that um, every superhero in DC, the major superheroes in DC, like I can create anything with my ring. I am the fastest. I am the strongest. I am the smartest. Yeah. And he says that no Marvel hero. No major Marvel hero really is specifically the best or the greatest at something, except for the Hulk, and he has the worst yes. problems of anyone. Well, yeah. He has a the, horrible curse to in be the Marvel strongest. universe, and, and DC has glimmers of this from what I've seen. But mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe, everybody's the more powerful you are, the more cursed you become. Mm-hmm. 
But that's a DC. If DC's been adding that, I feel yes, like that's for part sure. of what he's talking about. Them co-opting because even when, like I mean, Thor is kind of the only one who's not like he's fine. Thor's the most he is DC a god, character. but that's also yeah. that yeah. they make fun of him because he's yeah. a god. Yeah. Like other people, but because you even think like Silver him. Surfer, and it's like he can you know almost immeasurable power can fly faster than the speed of light. Blah blah blah. But it's like yeah, and he's forever alone in the void of space. Yeah. Like he had to sacrifice himself. To save his planet, and his planet still got eaten eventually. Yeah, even and... Aquaman was born Aquaman. Yeah, mm-hmm. so and, then, you... and then yeah, Namor is someone who was born into it, and he's a dick. Yeah, and he's, he's a he's a dick. He's yeah. a piece of shit, and he's fallen out of favor. No. I don't. I, sorry, I'm. I, I'm. I really just want to think about this. You some need more. to read this thing. So yeah, it's really know, interesting. We yeah. really we got to put a. I'll put a. I'll remember to put a link into the episode for this one, just so you guys can read it too. But on the forums. Answer what you think is the key difference between Marvel and DC. I want to talk more about this next week. Uh, any plugs before we go? Yeah. Uh, laser time. What do we got this week? Um, shit, I forgot. Theme parks. We went to every theme park theme this year. Theme parks. You remember Greg Moore from our Japan episode? How would you like him to be totally silent? <laughs> How would you like him to refuse to be on an episode, but he was already he, there? He was already there. Uh, speaking of Greg Moore, he was on this week's VG Empire, which is our video game music podcast. We talked all about Shinobi, mm-hmm. the arcade games, the 3DS game, the Revenge of Shinobi for Sega Genesis, Saturn games, every Shinobi game basically we covered. Uh, a lot of good music in there, and uh, Greg's a big fan, so he uh, was able to shed some light on that as well. And oh. we also recently did a uh, Killer Instinct episode with Maximilian. Uh, I just, I also want, yeah, that was good. Uh... Also wanted to plug a cartoon Christmas. We're not going to be like a cartoon Christmas. It's is a dead. Site. You did a hundred of them. Yeah, we did. We, we wrote up giant, massive, uh, well, like seventy images of classic cartoon you, Christmas you specials, and 90, not so classic. You wrote ninety five percent of them, and that uh, Brad and I wrote the other five. I wrote one percent. No, no, it's, it's more like it's more like eighty five. I had a lot of help from a lot of people. Well, okay, but I wrote. I I only you wrote, wrote like two in four years. No, you wrote more than that. Uh, I think South Park. I did South Park and I did uh, the Twas the Night, Twas Night Before Christmas. And I can't think of another one. Oh, I thought you did some more. I should have. I probably uh, promised you I would and didn't. That does seem like it's happened in the last three years. <laughs> um, I think I said I'd do a Simpson one and I did not. But see, I'm not mad about it. I really don't remember. You're too uh, blessed to be stressed. No, 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 no. It's just that, that like I'm not super proud of the text in those articles because it really was more like an exercise can i watch an episode they could use an edit pass oh yeah and like and write down but the, it was more like i just want to show you pictures of this thing yeah and make silly captions and tell well, that's you what where Sim, to buy that's what sims was doing with those x-men cartoons i really want to do it with some other crappy cartoons but i i won't be doing i won't be doing um any write-ups this year but when people tweet me things that are related to christmas i've been posting them and we have a guide to christmas specials on blu-ray which is actually hard like Hard, it, harder to come across classic timeless Christmas specials so and I try to tell you stuff about the disc and shit it, it did remind me that there were two comics I wanted to plug that are totally unofficial um, one was the Bidgery Batman the Deal no it's great it's great okay. um, oh no I did read that I the did Hicks read that. one that was good that was, that was cool good. and the uh, Boys Night Max Landis wrote a comic with Mickey Mouse Donald Duck as <laughs> Memorable, playing memorable icons, but washed-up actors in Hollywood who get made fun of when they go to the Toontown Club, <laughs> but still icons on merchandise, coping wow. with existential existence <laughs> and getting hammered one last time. Great. 
Um, I did love that uh, online comic I read, uh, Don't Cry For Me, I'm Already Dead. Yes, yes, that was great, too. But uh, we'll put that out on uh, the Laser Time Facebook at um, Laser Time Show on Facebook. But Boys Night, fucking great. Like a 29-page, a a full-length comic about what Disney characters are doing in their middle ages with their declining fame, but like everybody is aware of them. All right. Well, then until next time... Excelsior! Excelsior.